0: Well, let me welcome you, right? This is week four, uh, week four of Divine Direction. And so I don't know if you've noticed this, if you've been watching online or if you've been here, but there's this little series of duets that you're going to see happening. The first thing we talked about well, it was starting a new discipline that would just set you up in a better position to tell a better story tomorrow to tell a better story at the end of your life, right? Whatever that discipline is. We, we talked about them last week, and somebody was like, I'm flossing my teeth, and that's awesome. Whatever it is, and I promise you, all those little wins will build confidence, and you'll just keep starting little disciplines, and it's all the little disciplines. The second week, we talked about stopping one thing, not everything, one, pick one. We all probably have like five, but stop one thing that's hindering you from having your best day ever, hindering you from... Uh, being involved, what God's doing around you, hindering you, holding you back. You know, whatever it is, just to stop one of those things. And then last week, because our song, right, we said we're going to stay. We're going to make one decision to stay in a place God wants us to stay, even though it would be far easier to go. And we talked about the stress, right? You start feeling stressed. Remember? You want to take off and head for the hills. You want to do your own thing. You want to get out of there. You're done with this, whatever the commitment is. you're just done and you know probably it's not the best thing to do, it's probably better to stay. So it's staying when it might be easier to go. And so logically and obviously, what we're gonna talk today about is what? Should I stay or should I go, right? And so Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote this, I love this line, do not go where the path may lead, go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. This is is a story of Martin Luther King this is the story of every great hero we've ever had. That they go somewhere no one's been for a great reason, for a God cause. And they leave a trail for us to follow. I have some new friends that I'm getting to know better and better. Uh, who, and they were over at the house. And they found out like, your grandfather had this dream to start a school, which turned into a ministry, which turned into a global, massive thing. And he's like, I didn't start out to do this but all around the world, people's lives are being changed from it. He's leaving a trail. He's 88. One day he'll go to be with the Lord, but he's leaving a trail. But he didn't plan on that. You know. And so today we're gonna look at some stories of people's lives who, who chose to go when it might be easier to stay, but they actually paved a path for us and revolutionized things for us. And a lot of that's gonna be focused on the Bible. So if you're new to the Bible, don't worry. It's cool. We'll tell you the stories. The point is, is... The Bible is not just a book that you have to believe in. It's actual history. So we're going to take a look at some of those things. Craig, in, in this book, Divine Direction, sets us up with this really, really great comment. And, and this is what he said. This is a quote of his. It's always a great idea to keep your heart prepared for change. But I know, anybody else not like change? Wrestle with? Yeah, I, I do too. Because it happens to us all. A new step of faith, a new venture, or a new opportunity. And we know that, right? If you just head off in the right direction, you do your best at living well, you do your best, you just do your best. You follow God in anything that you know you're supposed to follow. And maybe you do a start and a stop and a stay. There's gonna be a new opportunity because there's this principle in life that when you're trusted with a little and you're faithful with that, you always get more. Now this, this, I believe God's principles are like physics. Even for unbelievers, God's principles work because they're just like physics, right? So the the point here is you know this, you see this at work. You show up on time, you do this, you do that, you're given more opportunity. Well, In a spiritual sense, it's the same exact thing. So the more you hone down your life, the more you start excelling, the better you feel, the more faithful you are with all that little bit of life that we've been given, opportunities are going to open up around you. So... You know, I could look at my life and I can see a lot of starts and stops and stays. A lot of starts, stops, and stays. I started a spiritual journey with God. But I was singing this song. I, I was singing this song, the, the wind, it's just like, you know, wherever I go, I'm going to sing or whatever it's called, you know? And I'm just thinking, God, I'm so happy. I mean, I'm a flake. I go up and down and all over the place. But I am so happy. And I can trace that happiness. Back to two key relationships in my life. One is Amber and one is God. Okay, and I'm telling you, they, they're stabilizing things. Amber's a result of the God choice. So that start, to just start and have a life with God changed everything for me. I got a couple of things too though. I stopped a bunch of stuff at first. I, I had to stop a bunch of wretched stuff, stuff that you don't even wanna know about. And then later I had to stop things like maybe some ethical issues at work or business. And then I, I just stop a few more things. Y'all get it, right? <laughs> and I, somebody told me once when they were trying to get me to become a Christian, one day in heaven, there's gonna be a film of your life and everybody's gonna see everything you did. I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry, but that's not motivating to me. Why would I wanna get saved and go there and get embarrassed? That's a terrible motivator. What I found was a God who forgives me, a God who puts that film footage in a safe somewhere <laughs> and he's done with it, and I can be done with it too. Right. I also had some stays along the way, like the first church I ever served at, I was still in the banking industry on the board of director kind of thing, and, and I was, you know, Mr. Business Guy, but I saw the youth being totally mistreated, so we started investing in the youth ministry there, you know, just trying to give them some of this fun instead of, uh, uh, you know, and it and it was the most oppressive environment. I, I, I had more degrees than the people who were leading that church, and more experience in they were just oppressive and mean, and I wanted to go, and I wanted to go, and I wanted to go, and God just kept saying, stay. And you may not realize this, you know, though we're not a huge church, I think if we get all, everybody in the room at one time, we could probably fill all our chairs, but it doesn't matter. There were moments in time when this church was much larger, but it was divided, and it was horrible, and you've probably been a part of an organization or a church like that, and through a lot of those chunky bad times, I wanted to check out, because this is not what I signed up for. Right? I was an adult when I became a Christian. I don't need that kind of foolishness. I just want to come someplace called sanctuary. I want to rest. I want to live with my community like in a living room, like restful. I wanted my kids to grow up around people who were good, and I didn't need that mess. And so I wanted to check out, and I was like, God, who do I side with, these people or these people? And I was like, ah. And God said to me very clearly, stay. And I was like, stay and do what? He said, stay. All I got was the answer to Stay. That was a super important stay for me because it showed me that I could obey God when I didn't want to. And I could go on and on and on. You know, there were goes in my life too. Like I left the business world to get into ministry, right? And I I left, just again and again, you'll see, like I left. I guess what I'm saying is this. Our story that we're gonna tell tomorrow and the next day and the next day are gonna be defined by the start, stop, stay, and go decisions. And as we hone in on go today, I want us to be real honest that go is scary. How many people have left a relationship that was bad, right? It was bad, but you were used to it, and being alone seemed terrifying. Anybody want in on that? How many of you have had a job that is comfortable and paid well and everything else, and you got some crazy idea or some crazy offer that you knew was right. And it's scary, right? Uh, And it's just scary. Change is scary. But I wanna say this. Go's super important. So I just wanna show you go here. You're sitting here today. This is a really awesome place, but I wanna tell you just a couple goes that happen here. GO started a community daycare that serves 50, 60 kids right now and is headed towards serving 100. Families who get low-cost daycare in an incredible place with the most wonderful teachers you've ever met, GO did that. GO brought water to thousands of peoples and communities around the world. You may not know this because we ended up leaving that ministry to the people in the country because they live there So we trained them and we left them equipment. Go brought water and life to those communities where 60% of the kids died from cholera in the first two years. And that doesn't happen anymore. Go built buildings all around the world where thousands of people start their spiritual journey, meet Christ, become Christians, discover God, find freedom. Go. Go brought hope, hopefully to you, but I know to me. This place has been full of Go. Go started the journey to telling other people what God had shown us about making disciples. Then I don't know if you have heard, because I can't hold it in, but with the churches who signed up in January who are learning how to do that, what God showed us, there's a capacity of 15,000 new disciples being made this year. 15,000. But that... But that requires go. So go's important. The problem with go is that go brings all kinds of fear and insecurity, right? So I can tell you this. This is me. This is me. Somebody said, and I I don't know if I like them or not, they said, well, you've got the imposter syndrome. I think they read like a dime store novel or, you know, on on quick pop psychology. So I went and looked it up, and they're kind of right. Like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm faithful enough. I don't feel like I'm strong enough to go out and tell, you know, Bob's church or Sue how to make disciples. You know, I just don't. But God is. And he is, and I know that. But even when I throw God in the equation, there's times when I'm like, I know you can do it. This vessel isn't the one. You guys get this, Right? It's a new business opportunity, and you're sure of it, but then you're like, at the last minute, you're like, uh. or getting married, putting that ring on the finger. Changes everything. Right? It's just the, all the new, all of those goes, all those steps of faith into something new. I told you a few minutes ago about a friend, new friends of ours, in, about their granddad, but their story is even crazier because they felt like they were supposed to go and move here And then disaster struck. And from an earthly perspective, you would go, they totally missed it. But when you look in their eyes, you see they totally got it. So the story they're gonna tell is not one where they made a better ending. It's gonna be one where what? Because of their faith, God's gonna make a better ending. Let me give you a couple examples of kind of the goes that are stretches, biblical history. Great place to go, right? People who live with God for 6,000 years. So we're just gonna look over just 6,000 years. That should be exciting, shouldn't it? No, so it's a couple stories. The first one I look at is a guy named Abraham. Abraham was chosen by God to be the father of the nation of Israel. And these were gonna be people that were set aside for him. They were gonna be the light to the whole world. It wasn't exclusive. It was, they were meant to display God's glory and show people how to get to God. That was their job. And Abraham was the man God picked. And this is what God said. Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. This is when you want to know, make sure you know the voice of God, right, versus the voice of your best friend or your worst friend. Do you get it? Okay, let's look at another one. He called Joshua, who was a second key leader, third key leader down the line, in, to take the nation of Israel out of the desert where they'd wandered around for 40 years, across a raging river, into a land full of warriors. And God said, that's the promised land, and I'm going to give it to you. So you imagine if you're Joshua and God goes, okay, tomorrow don't you get the whole camp, which is think a million people, light them up. At the river's edge, have the priest carry the ark. If you're new to Christianity, it's like Raiders, the Ark of God. Carry it down to the water and I'll part it. You can say whatever you want looking back, but you got to be Joshua thinking, you better come through, right? How about this go? The first disciples had to leave every bit of their security, their homes, their jobs, their families. To follow Jesus. Which one of us has been called to that? No, oh, we we can follow Jesus and stay right here. And then he was like, pick up, just drop your nets and follow me. And like, you know, you don't see it in there. I just wonder if they're ever were like, where are we going? And he's like, Yeah, we're going to Capernaum. And they're like, Capernaum? You know, GPS, what? And the wife is like, What? You're leaving me and the kids? The partner in the business is like, You can't leave me with this boat. So we don't, we don't put this into reality. That's a big go. How about, how about this? The rich man who approached Jesus. The rich man approaches Jesus and says, how do I follow you? And he says, get rid of all your riches, give them to the poor. And then you can come with me. Kabow. He knew that guy had a materialism issue. So he's like, drop that, find freedom. But that's big. That's a big step of faith. Paul if you're, if you're a Christian, if you've ever read the Bible, Paul, the hero, wrote most of the New Testament, went around the world planning church, just, just a rock star. What you may not realize is that he killed Christians for a living before he became a Christian. So when he became a Christian, most of the Christians didn't trust him. So they called him to Jerusalem, the center, the head of Christians. Man, he had to go there. I mean, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta take faith It's it's a fearful thing. It's like the ultimate principal's office. You're going to face the people that you murdered their friends to convince them that your life has really changed. Or then this. How about this? this? This is good. Jesus told every one of us this statement. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. I don't know if I'm called to go. What do we do with that? But that can be scary. We have people who are going to start making disciples for the first time this year. You know, they, they've learned, they've been made, they're disciples, they're going to make disciples. And they're like, ah. and it's like, no, just like Graham hauled it out from the crowd. It's like, no, God's big enough. But the point is, is you still have to be willing to take that step to let Him do that through you. It's just a fearsome thing. But go we must. One of my all time favorite contemporary Christian musicians, he was one of the three that started this whole contemporary music thing. His name was Keith Green. He's died. He's not alive anymore. He said this, Jesus commanded us to go. It should be the exception if we stay. It says you don't need to ask God, should I go? You should be asking God, should I stay? Because he already told us to go. The problem is, all this stuff is scary. But if we're gonna experience God, then leaving and going is gonna be a part of it because God is constantly moving forward. So just stop for a second and think. Just, just for like 10 seconds. You ready? Where are you right now? Not like here. Where are you if you had to go scale a one to five, and you can't use three, because three is uh right? So you can use one, two, four, or five. Five being I got life by the tail. I got this licked, everything's great. And one being, I wish they had negative numbers. What number would you give yourself? Just in your life. If you're not a Christian, don't be like, oh, by the way, Christian, just in your life. Are you at a one? Are you at a two? Are you at a four? Are you at a five? All I can tell you is this. If you wanna go one to two, two to four, four to five, five and beyond, leaving and going and steps of faith are gonna be part of that. Because even if you don't follow Christ, you're gonna have to face your own fears, You're going to have to face your own demons, you're going to have to stand up, and you can do that, but you're going to have to. You cannot coast. Coasting is not an option. Life is an uphill battle, and if you take the gas off, you go which way? Down. Every single time. So, from the Bible, there's this really great answer that arises, and it's this, the solution to the fear of going is faith. This is what I love, because we, we looked over that 6,000 years of history, right? And all the goes. Behind that 6,000 years of history and all of those goes, behind each one of them, there was a promise. So God doesn't just go like, hey, you Go. You go get saved, you go do this, you go do that. He doesn't ever just say something that simply. What he does is he says a lot more than that. For Abraham, this is what he said. Right after he told him, go, this is what he said. I'm gonna make you into a great nation. Now that's daunting. I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you, do you see what he said? So yeah, you got to leave home, and you got to leave your family, and you got to go to a place. And it's scary, and you got fear, and you got insecurities. But what did he say? I've got your back. If God be God, that is a great deal in promise. How about Joshua? Joshua was told to go, but God said, "What? I'm going to send angels before you. That's going to terrify these people." and they won't even be able to fight, and guess what history records? Incredible battles where people just dropped their stuff and left, because there was no battle. How about this? When uh, the Israelites were told to go into the Promised Land, right? they were told to go into the Promised Land, he he told them, but my presence will be visible with you. Like, I've always wanted this, okay? Listen, I'm just, I I hate to admit, I'm weak, (laughs) but I always thought it'd be cool What he did, he literally did Recorded in history. When the Israelites were there and they had their camp, above it during the day, there's this pillar of cloud. And at night, a pillar of fire, like a nightlight. And when the cloud or the fire would move, then they were like, okay, we'll follow that. How simple would be able to follow God if there was a pillar of cloud that was like, yeah, okay, sure. I don't have to question anything, but that was his promise. He knew they were scared. He knew they were against odds. He knew they were afraid. So he gave them a nightlight. To always know that He was there with him. How about when Jesus told His disciples, "Go out, go out, and go on this mission and heal people"? And what did He say? No, but don't just go. I'm going to give you a piece of My power, and He did. So you can do what I did. How about this one? The rich man was told to go, but that He was promised a what reward? You'll get your soul back, and He did. And even when Jesus tells you and I to go, right, that's the scripture that we, <sighs> when he tells us to go, this is what he says. I've been given, he is Jesus speaking, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, dot, 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 and be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, okay. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. People saw him ascend to heaven. And he's with me to the end. Just, I, the, the inner child of me wants to go, nanny, nanny, poo, poo. Okay, can I, you got nothing on me. I'll go. I'll make disciples. Why? Because God is with me. Because God is capable. Because he has all authority on heaven and earth. Do you see that? So so you have this fear, but it's accompanied by this promise. And the key is, is having faith. Just faith that God loves you, that he's on your side. Faith that God will not let you down. Faith that he knows what's going on. Faith that he would love for you to be part of his bigger plan. And faith that he has a plan for your life. The solution to all of the fear is faith. So though it can be hard to go, right, because of all the insecurities, though it can be hard to go because of the fear, though it can be hard to go because going means you separate from your family. You separate from your community, right? When it's a geographical move, sometimes it's not even geographical though, right? I have to leave this. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, right? If I'm gonna go somewhere, I have to what? Leave somewhere. You know what I mean? Amber uses this book when she uh, disciples ladies called The Best Yes. And the idea is this, you say your best yes and all the other ones may become no's. Like there's just times when you have to say, no, I can't do that. I love it, but I can't. I know, I can't do that. I can't. Because this is the thing. This is where God's working. This is my step of faith. This is my go. Great, so I want you to stop for a second. Everybody ready? I want you to think again. On a scale of one to five, and you can't use three, or is your life a one, two, a four, or five? And all you have to do to go up a notch is to have faith. And if you don't accept Christ, I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound so humanistic, you need to have faith in yourself and your abilities. That's how every self-made person's ever done it. If you want to add God to the equation in Christianity, there's a really cool thing that happens. Now, my faith is in him and his promises, faith in his truths and directions. Do you know how I kicked butt at business? I read the book of Proverbs, one, one chapter a day. There's 31 chapters every day for a year. So every month I would read the book. You know what it's full of? How to run businesses. There's these, these eternal principles of God passed on to me, and I kicked by. So you add God to the equation, you have his promises and his direction. The idea of going isn't nearly as scary. And even when it is, you see the value in heading out. So do you have a new business idea? Somebody? I have two friends, three friends. (laughs) I have two friends. (laughs) I have three friends who are all in school right now. They're all going back to school because they wanna live their next dream. That's, that's their next thing. That takes faith, right? Personally, me, I've made myself available, and I don't like doing it, to travel around the world to tell the people what God told us about making disciples, Be like, oh, you're you're great at that. I've seen you teach in the crowds and you're awesome. Dude, you have no idea of the cost to my soul to leave my home. Do you get it? But you got to have faith. You have to have faith. You have to have faith that He'll sustain His faith. And then you get to see the story. You get to see the next step of the story. I've referred to Graham a couple times in this message. He's sitting in the back. But Graham was there when. They gave us a room for 20 people to show up for this breakout lecture on how to make disciples that turned into, what, 200? And then day after day after day grew until we're in the whole foyer of this giant building. That story would have never been told had I not listened to the team around me who said, we can do this, we should do this, and to God who said, you better. I, I, I really, sometimes you wrestle but the solution to it all is faith. <laughs> the Christians, I'm going to give you a scripture, and you're going to go, well, duh, that's obvious. But for those of you who are not Christians, pick your number again in your head and just, just listen. It's just so, I love it when God dumbs Christianity down. Ready? Hebrews 11:6 reads this way. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. Makes sense, right? If you didn't think I was here or this church was here, would you have come today? No, because it's not here. There's nothing to come to. So anybody who comes to God must what? Believe he exists, which is logical, makes sense. But watch this. Remember we said it always comes with a reward. And believe that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. I wanna tell you on my personal behalf, and you feel free out there to amen if you want, for anybody who doesn't believe, I promise you God rewards every step you take towards him. Yeah? Every single one. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, if you're in a place where you think, I do not know if I have enough faith to finish this journey, okay, I don't know if I have enough faith to finish the journey, I wanna give you a quote from the book, from this book. Way, great book. says this. You don't have to have faith to finish. You only have to have enough faith to start. Does that make sense? Like, So I'm facing two or three big changes in my ministry, business, whatever world, whatever this is called. And I have to keep reminding myself, you just need enough faith to take the next step. That's it. You guys with me? If you're at a one, two, four, five, wherever you are, you just need enough faith to take what? The next step. I don't know what five years is gonna look for right, and if you dial back five years, I would have never thought it'd look like this. So, we're back to the same question that's come through this whole series, which is this. What does God want me to want? If, God's, if God is God, if, what does he want you to want? If he's all loving, what does he want you to want? In other words, He knows best, he knows everything. So if I can figure out what he wants me to want and I can take a step towards that go, that next step of faith, I got a guaranteed better story, a better 2023, better divine direction, right? And it's all wrapped up in go. Going when it would be easier to stay. Hey, let me tell you, just personally, you with me? I get personal despair. It's a whole lot easier to not face your oppressor. It's a whole lot easier not to stand up. It's a whole lot easier not to change. I get it. But when God makes it clear it's time to go, when God opens up the door of opportunity, when, when you see a better story there than where I'm at, then it's time to go. And it's time to have faith. How will your story go? Will it be this way in a month? I thought I heard God calling me that day to, to accept him, to become a Christian, but I was afraid. I, I thought I heard God calling me to do this new thing, this new job, but I was afraid. I thought I heard him calling me to, to leave this relationship, to go, but I, I thought, but I was afraid. Or will it be this? I really thought I heard God saying there's something better out there, like deep in my heart, couldn't explain it, and I was terrified. But I took a step of faith, and now look at the miracles he's pulled off. The difference between Mother Teresa and everybody else is that she followed. She went. Scary, and she went. In every great story, the hero, which in this case is you, has to seize that next opportunity. What will your story be? I was afraid, or I got to be part of something incredible. And I guess I leave with you then that question, which is, what's your next step of faith? What's your next big step of faith? I wanna wrap up today by asking you to just pray with me. And I really want you to pray out loud, but do whatever you want. There's something about committing words into the world. <laughs> you know, you can whisper things and nobody knows you said them. There's something about committing words to the world. In fact, Jesus said, if you tell people you believe me, I'll t- have your back forever. But if you don't, it's that idea. Like, like, there's something, there's power in our words. They have two prayers. I'm going to we'll do one, and then I'm going to add to it. goes like this. Father, I pray for the courage to start one new discipline. Remember, decision one. Father, Father, I pray for you to give me the courage to start one new decision, d- discipline. Got it? Okay, I'm, I'm going to practice one again because I don't, I don't think you guys know how to pray. Okay. <laughs> don't change the slides. All right. Father, I pray for you the courage to start one new discipline. That's gonna make my story better, all right? All right. For, the faith, for the faith to stop one thing that is hindering me from being what you want me to be. All right, third one. You see where this is going. For the courage to stay when it would be easier to go. And then today's. And when the time is right, and you call, help me find the faith to go when it'd be easier to stay. And I wanna add one more prayer. I don't care how you pray. If you aren't really tied in with God, if it'd be this. I really wanna go from a one to a two, a two to a four, a four to a five, and I could use some help, God. Please. And by the way, if you prayed that prayer today, I really pray that you'll find me. Cuz you don't do this journey alone. You don't have to. I, a lot of us have gone down that path that didn't exist and have made a path and then other people made it wider and it's really not complex and there's a ton of people. Everybody wanted me to become a Christian and when I became a Christian, they all abandoned me. That will not happen here. They just wanted to put somebody in a chair and count ahead. That is not what we're interested in. What, what, what we want for you is the best story ever. And I promise you, I will lay down my life to do that. And I think everybody in this room will. So if you just, if your prayer today is, Father, just, I could use a little help. I'd like to go from one to two, two to four, four to five. A negative one to a negative, a positive one, whatever. Then that's your prayer. Father, thanks for who you are. Thanks for this incredible place that you've given us. Thank you for being you.